Welcome to The Savvy Sauce, where we have practical chats for intentional living. I'm your host, Laura Duggar, and I'm so glad you're here. A Perfect Promotion is a promotional marketing company with locations in Illinois and Indiana. They specialize in logoed items as well as screen printing and embroidery. Contact them through their website, aperfectpromotion.com, and let A Perfect Promotion help you with your next business event or promotion. Some of you know I didn't become a Christian until the day before graduate school, but that season at Richmond Graduate University in Atlanta, Georgia is where I met some of my favorite friends in life. Asia is one of those. She is a loving wife and a working mother of five children. She's going to share some vulnerable parts of her motherhood journey in addition to practical tips for living with a big family. Speaking of a big family, between the two of us, we have eight children, and so this recording was especially loud and lively in the background, so I am very sorry for the distracting noises, but I hope you'll still give it a listen. Here's our chat. Hi, Asia. Hi. So glad to have you today. For anyone who doesn't know you yet, will you just start by sharing a bit about yourself? Yes, my name is Asia. I am 35 years old and I am married and a mother of five little ones ages eight months to eight years old. We live in Greenville, South Carolina and actually my mother has has been with us. She actually lives with us right now to help out because I work and my husband works. I work as a licensed professional counselor out here in Greenville, South Carolina for the local hospital system. That's awesome. And your husband has a pretty fun job as well. Yeah, yeah. He's a football coach. So he's at North Greenville University here, which is about 10 minutes from where we are right now. And it's just a great atmosphere. And it's fun for us and the kids. I've only visited Greenville once, but it was awesome. They're lucky to have you. Well, I love your story. So can you just share how did you come to know Jesus and have a personal relationship with him? So... As they say, I quote unquote grew up in the church. My mom got saved probably around the age that I am right now. We were very highly active in the church. She actually ran the drama ministry and I did some plays with her and I was on the dance ministry. And so, you know, I always felt like, oh, I'm a Christian because I go to church and I'm quote unquote a good person. And I don't think it was until I was 17 years old, a youth pastor came to our church and just talked about how our lives are not our own but they are meant to serve the Lord. And I think that that's the first time that I really kind of challenged my own perspective on what being a Christian was and said, oh, okay, so this thing really isn't about me or how good I am or not good I am. This is really about Jesus and the fact that he died and he wants me to serve him with my life. And I think that's really when I kind of started on the journey of wanting a different type of personal relationship with him and really kind of delved into what that looked like and meant. From previous conversations we've had, you mentioned life has not gone how you expected. So will you tell us what you mean by that and what God has been teaching you through this journey? Yes. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, we girls, we probably do a really good job when we're younger of kind of trying to plan out our lives. I want to get married at this age and I want this many kids and I want to be doing this. And, you know, you think about the way you want your life to look and you hope and expect that it will turn out that way. And mine has not. So 
we always joke, well, my mom jokes that I used to always say, and I remember that I wanted five kids. Well, as I started having kids, I said, no, I don't want five kids, but I have five kids. And that just was not in the plan, just to be quite honest. Like, I was not a proponent of like birth control. So <laughs> I've never used birth control. And people look at me and they're like, well, then that's why you have five kids. That was just kind of a personal choice for me. But still, even with that, it was just not in the plan. I didn't plan on having five kids in eight years. It, so it's just, it's been a lot. And who would have thought my mom would live with us? I mean, just so many things have happened in our marriage and in our lives that I'm just like, okay, so here we are. And I can say too that probably after number two, we just weren't happy campers when we found out that we were pregnant. And I'm just being totally transparent. We love our kids, but it, it just was not the plan that we had. And that wasn't the, the future that we envisioned for ourselves. But the Lord, if you would have told me eight years ago that I was going to have five kids, I would have melted and probably passed out and died. But the Lord has been so gracious to us with these children. I don't know. I think it's pretty easy. And I and I know that sounds crazy to say, but it's probably easier than it was than when we had two or three because they are each other's friends and they play with each other and they love each other and they love us well and they allow us to love them well, if that even makes sense. And we just look at them and they've made our lives so full and everything that we thought we would lose out on because we were going to have five kids, we have gained actually. and. Every day I'm just in awe of how the Lord has provided for us and allows me to work and allows us to have full lives, even with a full house. (laughs) And I love how you say that, that the things that you thought you would lose, you've actually gained. Can you unpack that a little bit? I could never imagine like having five kids and paying for daycare. And I just thought I was going to have to give up working. Like I love being a therapist. I can't finagle it. And the Lord has blessed us that my mom has come to live with us. And I know that not everybody has that, but I really feel like that's kind of the provision that was given to us so that I could work. I pay her, but I don't have to pay like astronomical daycare costs. And the peace that actually has come with these kids, don't get me wrong, we have our super stressed days where it's just like, I'm tired and I'm done. But not in the way that you would think. The Lord has actually given us peace and joy because of these kids. Like our lives are more full, whereas we thought that we would be drained. We're actually filled every day. When we used to live in the same city, it was a time before any of us had children, but you and your husband always had a sweet relationship. So what about that side of it? It's full, you said, with work and children. Are you and Marie still feeling like you have a lot of time to connect? It ebbs and flows, to be quite honest with you. I got pregnant on our honeymoon. So that is one thing that we have kind of struggled with, that we didn't have a time to secure our own relationship before I got pregnant. We started having kids. That's been hard. And I know it's really hard on him. But I think that we've been pretty diligent at trying to find our own times. And thankfully, our families and friends are pretty supportive. And sometimes they feel sorry for us. So they're like, let us watch the kids so you all can reconnect. We try to find time and it's just, it's really seasonal. There was a probably a season of a year where we had date nights and we got trips on our own. 
after number four and now after number five, it hasn't been so much, but we've kind of made our date nights like at home nights when everybody's in the bed. Like we'll just kind of cuddle up and watch Netflix. We try. Yeah, you just make it work. Is there any scripture that has been especially personal to encourage you in work or in marriage or motherhood? Yeah. Romans fifteen thirteen says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope, hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Just the word hope and joy and peace are things that we need, but most of all, trust. I've learned trust beyond what I could have imagined that I would need to trust God in this process of everything that that I am and that we're doing here. I could tell you countless story after story about how God is just kind of, it's just been amazing. He's come through for us. And if you could even choose one of those stories, which one comes to mind for a way that he's provided for you unexpectedly? Really, we had done our whole lives in Atlanta. We got married while we were living in Atlanta. We had first four kids in Atlanta. So I never imagined that we would move. But when my husband got the job interview, Everything in our lives was just kind of in turmoil a little bit. We couldn't find a house to buy. I didn't really like my job that much. And then the church that we had been planted in for years was kind of splitting off. And we just couldn't decide. It was just a time of grief. And so when we moved here, I jumped on it. I went on job interviews before we even moved. And I secured a job. We had saved up money. We're going to buy a house. And... When we got here, the job couldn't start me for basically six or seven months. Maurice took a huge pay cut, and I had to take kind of a little contract job that wasn't paying much, and I was at home, and it was just, I think I fell into a a depression. But what the Lord did through that time, like he met us where we were. I was able to join a Bible study. Even with buying our house, I would say technically we were homeless for about a week because we had nowhere to go. I think we moved five times in six months and it was just hard (laughs) because we had all the kids. But when it was time to finally buy a house, I was scared because I didn't, I wasn't working full time. Just one little miracle that I call it is that my job sent me the wrong contract. They sent me a contract for a full-time position and it wasn't mine, my position, but I was able to send that to the mortgage company and they approved us for a loan (laughs) or else we wouldn't have been able to move. And we actually, the day that we closed on our house was the day we had to move out of the place we were renting. It it was just crazy. Oh my goodness. That's wild. Yeah. And this one, backing up a little bit, you had kind of touched on it. And I know this is different for everyone, but which transition was most difficult for you? Going from two children to three. Like they say, that outnumbers you. And then our third one was really college So that's interesting to hear because you do have five children. So it wasn't going from three to four or four to five. What's your theory on that? Why it was more difficult from two till three? I think the first two were just manageable. And again, we just never planned any of our pregnancies. So everyone was a surprise. And I think that especially my husband was about done with surprises by the third one. So the fact that it was a surprise and then... We were outnumbered. My second and third one were 19 months apart. And then the fact that our third one was just kind of a rough baby. So we had had so many transitions already. And I think we were just tired and drained. 
That definitely makes sense. And now if you could be giving advice to yourself years ago, maybe when you were going from two to three children, yeah, what oh, advice gosh. would you have given yourself back then? I would have told myself everything has a season. Everything has a beginning and an end. Because when you're in it, you feel like it'll never end. Like, this is my life. I'm just going to be stressed. And you can't see the forest from the trees. But if I could go back, I would tell myself to just hang in there. This too shall pass and you will get through it. Do you have any practical tips to share for mamas who are maybe in that season right now? Just acceptance has been a big word for me. So kind of accepting whatever season I'm in, whether it's with myself or my husband or my kids, especially with the kids, just accepting that they're growing and they have to go through their seasons, whether it's crying or joyful or, you know, disobedience, whatever it is. But they do. They transition and they grow and things are not always as they look. <laughs> and what do you mean by that? Things aren't always as they look. Well, I just remember like being super anxious about different things, you know, oh gosh, you know, Baby fell off the bed. He's going to grow up. He's got a brain injury and he's got, you know, (laughs) things like that. That just, it just seems like it's going to be so awful. And I don't know, children are resilient and families are resilient. So what I used to think was just a bleak future really has been a much of a brighter one than I thought it would be. That is encouraging. This is switching gears a little bit, but your husband has gone a lot with work. And do you ever struggle with resentment, whether it's toward him or just anything with being a mother? Honestly, yeah, I do. Because because I work as well, sometimes I can feel like, well, why is everything on me when we both work? Why am I still expected to do more and to be more? And then, you know, when you need help and you just feel like I need daddy here, With me to help, honestly, there's been many conversations that we've had where I've just had to be like, look, I'm really resenting you right now. Like, I don't think that this is fair, how this is working. (laughs) The one part of me, I'll say, hey, well, then I'll just stay home. But that's not really feasible. And it's really not what I want. I'd probably be saying that out of anger, if anything. But really just kind of us figuring out even what our roles are because, you know, society is different and a lot of families have two working parents and trying to define who does what can be very difficult. It sounds like part of the way that you overcome it is confronting it head on with your husband in a loving way through conversation. Are there any other ways that you've learned to overcome resentment? Um Definitely, like you said, the open communication, but also just kind of taking the joy in serving my family. And in a way, (laughs) this might be a little selfish, but I know that sometimes I get to choose things that I maybe wouldn't get to if he was home all the time. (laughs) So it gives me a little bit more control. Not that that's the best thing in the world, but, you know, I have to take what I can get and find the positive. But yeah, I think our saving grace is that we have really open communication with each other. I think that'll be really helpful to a lot of people that can relate. And now a brief message from our sponsor. Do you want your logo on something? A perfect promotion will find a way to do it. 
A Perfect Promotion has been in business for over 30 years, and they are a company that truly cares about their client and their client's vision. Their mission is to provide value to a company's marketing strategy through promotional marketing items. They work with you to achieve your business or marketing goals while taking the burden of research off your shoulders. If you don't want to spend all day looking for the best brand of t-shirt for your event, then a perfect promotion can do the research for you and send you all the options they think will best fit your needs. They will give you excellent service and pricing, which makes you never have to look anywhere else. I have worked with them to produce pop sockets and stickers for the Savvy Sauce, and I've enjoyed interacting with their friendly staff, and their products come out better than I could have hoped for. Check them out today at aperfectpromotion.com. How do you make self-care a reality? I make sure that I kind of almost demand time for myself. Not that I'm yelling or screaming, but I used to feel guilty for maybe what I would call self-care, taking care of myself. But now I've kind of learned if I want to work out, I'll maybe do a 30-minute class on my lunch break that doesn't interfere with anybody. Or I love to do like dance classes and Zumba. So my family understands that that's kind of my outlet. And so... I'll try to do that a couple of days a week. And then I have a couple of friends where we just kind of do girls nights out. And again, you know, it's kind of a, this is my self-care night. And I try not to do it very often, maybe once every other week, as far as going out without the kids with my girls. I just have had to communicate to my family that this is what mommy needs. That's so good and practical because a lot of moms that we talk to bring up repeatedly this topic of guilt. So is there anything that you would recommend or any way that you coach yourself through that guilt? I did struggle with that in the beginning, but I guess I have to look at my kids and tell myself the reality of what I see before me is that my kids are well cared for. I love them. I really do. I love them. There's nothing in me that questions that. And for that, I have to say, if they're well taken care of, if I love them, I know that they are receiving love, then really, where does my guilt stem from? And usually when I get to the root of it, it has nothing to do with anything that's permanent or matters. It's usually based on my own lofty expectations or the expectations of the world. And I've really come to accept that I cannot do it all and that that's okay and that nobody is expecting me to do it all. And Jesus has not called me to be super mom or to make sure my kids are this and that. My high school uh, senior quote came out of Proverbs and said, many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's God who will see it to completion. And that is just, <laughs> I didn't know at the time, but that has ruled my life. I've had so many plans, so many things that I thought I should do or make happen. And really it's the Lord who has made the plans actually happen. I can't rest in guilt. I have to rest in what I know about him and what he has kind of given me. He has given me some things that I do well, but there are other things that I don't. And, and I've just accepted those. I think that that will offer a lot of freedom to people listening today. What are some things that you've released yourself of through these seasons? I've let go of the fact that I'm just not going to always have a very clean home. <laughs> kids live here, and while I want them to be clean, I also want them to be kids, and there's a balance. I will probably have to cook like massive meals 
<laughs> almost every night if I don't want to take them out to eat. I've also kind of given up hmm, selfishness. I don't think I realized it was selfishness, but um, this whole thing of me wanting to do me, I guess, if you want to say, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to be the best therapist, the career mom, you know, but I also want to be the PTA mom. Like I can't, so I can't volunteer at school like I used to. And also people will look at me sometimes, as you know, <laughs> and they'll say, oh, you're super mom. And I've actually had to intentionally give that even title up to the Lord because I found myself more I would hear it the more I felt the need to cater to it okay it will super mom means I have to do this and be this and be that it was driving me nuts and I just said I have to surrender even that title to the Lord like I can't I don't even know what that means anymore I don't want to be super mom (laughs) you know That's incredible. Before we started recording today, I totally said, oh my goodness, you're like super mom. You were just flying in from work and transitioning back home, clicking on to record this. So I apologize. No, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's it's a really new thing. And I'm I'm just, I'm trying to get into it because it's only because I internalize it in a way that makes me anxious. I'm sure everybody, I take it as a compliment when people say it, but I know for me, I have to really surrender that to the Lord because I know if I take it in, I'll start wanting to be that. And I really, like I said, I don't know what that really looks like. Wow, that is such a healthy response. What is a message that you want to leave listeners with today? Hmm. I would say whatever life you have right now, whatever setup the Lord has given you, whether it be friends or family, marriage, to take it and embrace it as much as possible because the Lord does everything for us personally and uniquely. He knows exactly what you need to grow, to be sharpened, to be the best you that he wants you to be. And so for me, I guess it was having five kids, maybe would have picked another path in the past, but I see now why he had to do it this way. And so I would encourage your listeners to trust that whatever their life looks like right now, the Lord made it that way for a reason and to take advantage of it and and not to think that it's for nothing, really. Everything that is, is for a reason and for a purpose. That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Hey friends, I don't want you to miss out on this incredible deal. For as little as $5 per month, you can unlock access to our secret bonus episodes for The Savvy Sauce. When you visit thesavvysauce.com, you can click on the Patreon tab to sign up. Instantly, you will have access to our patron-only podcasts where you can hear an encouraging message for your marriage from Military Spouse of the Year and Licensed Professional Counselor Corey Weathers. You can also unlock the episode where Certified Financial Planner Natalie Taylor shares how to enjoy living with the money you have and how to make that money grow wisely. These are just a few samples of the episodes already loaded for you to unlock in addition to the bonus monthly episode you will receive each month you are a patron. We hope you check it out today. So what are your best tips for surviving the four to five o'clock hour with toddlers? I would say snacks (laughs) because that's usually the snack time for us. 
some nice healthy snacks to kind of get them recentered. And then playing outside, like it's usually a snack and go play outside. What are some easy, healthy foods or snacks that you eat or that you feed your family? So we are huge on like peanut butter bread in our house. We're always doing peanut butter bread. But you know, the little ants on a log where you get a celery stick, put some peanut butter on it and some raisins. They like that. They actually have really gotten to like my Nutribullets. I always put spinach in there and then I put some fun fruits in it and they just, they think it's a smoothie. Oh, that's fun. What are you currently reading or listening to? Right now, I am reading a book from a sweet lady that I met at. There's this FCA camp that we go to every year for coaches' families, for Christian coaches' families. It's called Miss Maybell's Daughter, but it kind of just chapters her life. And I know this woman. She's a God-fearing woman. She was paralyzed from the waist down at 17 from a car accident, and it just kind of tells her story about you know her walk with the Lord. Wow. How do you intentionally push back against culture? I've really tried to be intentional about the way that I'm raising my children as far as pushing back against culture because I'm really concerned with the upcoming generation that they're going to be in. So, like, I'm not on Instagram. I don't have a Twitter account. I really try to limit my children's exposure to, I mean, they watch TV. And they play games on the phone, but I really try to limit their kind of internet time. They don't watch like Disney Channel. There are just certain things that I'm just kind of pre-preparing for as far as not really wanting them to feel like some things in this culture are okay. And with such a big family, what are some creative ways that you've found to save money? Yard sales and consignment shops. That's I'm addicted, and I have literally outfitted all these kids for all these years from yard sales. You couldn't believe the deals that I found. I do Publix BOGOs every week. I get my shopping list ready on Wednesdays because that's when they start over. I go through their BOGOs and make me a shopping list off of that. I also do a lot of uh, Retail Me Not apps. You basically can Google wherever you're going, whether it's shopping for clothes or at restaurants. You just kind of type in the name of the place and they'll, they'll give you coupons that you can use there or tell you the, the latest deals. I love that. We're called the Savvy Sauce because savvy is synonymous with practical knowledge or discernment. So as our final question today, what is your Savvy Sauce? So... <laughs> I'll do a I'll do a couple really simple ones. Instapots, those pressure cookers. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're heavenly. They make my life so simple. You don't have to defrost the meat. You just throw frozen meat in there. Throw a whole bunch of healthy stuff in there. Stuff is done in like ten or twenty minutes. And I have a big family, and it holds enough for that. Like that is my saving grace. <laughs> so <laughs> simple, but true. Yeah, I love that. If you have any recipes that you recommend, we could link to those in the show notes. Yes, I will so do that. That'd be awesome. Off the top of your head, what are a few of your family's favorites? We're trying to get more into more of a vegetarian, just eating more beans. So there's a lentil butternut squash stew that has like spinach in it. And of course, like I said, lentils, butternut squash and a couple other vegetables. It's so good. And my kids actually liked it. Because the butternut squash kind of has, you know, a cool taste that they liked. 
Yeah, that's like my favorite right now. I'll definitely send you the link to that one. And I've been making baby food in my Nutribullet. That that's pretty fun too. There's something therapeutic about making your own baby food. <laughs> I don't know is. why. There's so <laughs> Any other savvy tips before we go today? Let your kids play outside. It's so good for them. Yeah. Asia, this time together was just such a treat. I love connecting with you. Whenever we chat, I just feel calm and at ease. You just exude the peace that comes from the Lord. So thank you for sharing that with us today. Thank you, Laura. And I love you. And just for all your listeners, I have always loved Laura. She has been the same and a constant from when I met her. What was that? I guess 11 years ago. Yeah, you have been the same. And I'm just, I just love you. And I miss you. Your questions really kind of made me think through things and it was very reflective for me, so I appreciate that. They're good questions. Oh, you are so encouraging. Thank you. One more thing before you go. Have you heard the term gospel before? It simply means good news, and I want to share the best news with you. But it starts with the bad news. Every single one of us were born sinners, and God is perfect and holy, so he cannot be in the presence of sin. Therefore, we're separated from him. This means there's absolutely no chance we can make it to heaven on our own. So for you and for me, it means we deserve death and we can never pay back the sacrifice we owe to be saved. We need a savior. But God loved us so much, he made a way for his only son to willingly die in our place as the perfect substitute. This gives us hope of life forever in right relationship with him. That is good news. Jesus lived the perfect life we could never live and died in our place for our sin. This was God's plan to make a way to reconcile with us so that God can look at us and see Jesus. We can be covered and justified through the work Jesus finished if we choose to receive what he has done for us. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So would you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to take our place. I pray someone today, right now, is touched and chooses to turn their life over to you. Will you clearly guide them and help them take their next step in faith to declare you as Lord of their life? We trust you to work and change the lives now for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are declaring him for me, so me for him. You get the opportunity to live your life for him. At this podcast, we are called Savvy for a reason. We want to give you practical tools to implement the knowledge you have learned. So you're ready to get started? First, tell someone, say it out loud, get a Bible. The first day I made this decision, my parents took me to Barnes & Noble to get the Quest NIV Bible, and I love it. Start by reading the book of John. Get connected locally, which basically means just tell someone who is part of the church in your community that you made a decision to follow Christ. I'm assuming they will be thrilled to talk with you about further steps, such as going to church and getting connected to other believers to encourage you. We want to celebrate with you too, so feel free to leave a comment for us if you made a decision for Christ. We also have show notes included where you can read scripture that describes this process. Finally, be encouraged. 
Luke 15:10 says, In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. The heavens are praising with you for your decision today. If you've already received this good news, I pray that you have someone else to share it with today. You are loved, and I look forward to meeting you here next time.